This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. أعوذ بالله السميع من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعدوان إلا عن الظالمين والعاقبة للمتقين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا So if you guys could see all that's going on right here uh, I'm sorry it's, it's a lot of technology and we'll get to it inshallah ta'ala The good news is that we're making progress الحمد لله رب العالمين uh, with the types of equipment that we have here uh, So inshallah ta'ala it'll all, it'll all come together So I'm going to go ahead and continue on with the descriptions of Ibad al-Rahman, with the descriptions of the servants of the Most Merciful. And there's really a beautiful transition point uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes here, which is, you know, suddenly you go from your outward interaction to where not only are you out dealing with the people, but you're dealing with really annoying and foolish people. You're dealing with people that are ignorant people that are harmful, people that are inconsiderate, insensitive, and, you know, have the potential to exhaust you, okay? So, you know, imagine, I know in our quarantine days, it's hard for us to think of this sometimes, but again, a lot of this is applicable online as well, but you're out and about and you're dealing with rudeness. You're dealing with, you know, all, all, sorts, of, uh, all sorts of people. And then you come home and not only are you home, but you are secluded from your family and you are in a corner in your home and you're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the transition, just think of the imagery, subhanAllah. You're out and about and someone is throwing a remark at you. Someone's being insensitive and rude towards you. Someone's being very annoying and you're taking it with grace. How do you deal with that? You deal with that by garnering the spiritual strength and the reservoir to be able to deal with people like that and to be able to deal with uh, the environment as it's changing when you're in the corner of your home in your salah and particularly in your sujood so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and those who spend their nights prostrating themselves before their Lord and standing and there are a few things that I want to say here inshallah ta'ala as a transition number one the Prophet said the one who mixes with the people and who tolerates the hardship that comes with dealing with people. The one who mixes with the people and tolerates the hardship that comes with dealing with the people is better than the one who secludes themselves from the people. What that is speaking to is that a lot of people choose uh, a life of seclusion a life of, uh, you know, of personal ibadah. And they say, you know, I'm not going to deal with community work. I'm not going to deal with uh, masjid stuff. I'm not going to deal with organizational work. I'm not going to volunteer and do anything. I'm just going to do this ibadah of prayer and meditation and contemplation and do these personal forms of ibadah that are so much more spiritually fulfilling than dealing with people. Because dealing with people is really annoying. And sometimes dealing with Muslims is particularly hard, right? In the sense that, you know, you expect better from your own community. And subhanAllah, we see a lot of people that get involved with the community and, uh, you know, in the process of getting involved with the community, uh, start to see that some of the very fundamental human flaws are present even in Islamic work. And it's disappointing every time. And no matter how many times I tell you that you're going to be disappointed, it's not going to be able to prepare you for the extent of the disappointment that you will have when you start to see egos at play for what should be noble, selfless work, 
when you start to see fitna and all sorts of things, right? And so it's comfortable to say, you know what? I'm just going to abandon the community. I'm going to abandon all sorts of community work. And I'm just going to do what I enjoy doing. Okay? I'm just going to do what I enjoy doing, and that is prayer at home. And the Prophet ﷺ enjoyed his qiyam more than any one of us could enjoy our qiyam. Right? The Prophet ﷺ enjoyed his prayer. He found a pleasure in his prayer, ﷺ. Comfort us with it, O Bilal. Uh, praying at night, uh, asking Aisha for permission, you know, to, to spend the entire night in prayer. You know, Aisha said that was the most amazing thing I saw from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he enjoyed his prayer more than any one of us could possibly enjoy our prayer. But still, the Prophet also saw as ibadah, as worship, tolerating the rude Bedouin, okay? Tolerating the person that's knocking on his door in the middle of the night. Uh, tolerating the person that's interrupting him in his halaqas. Tolerating the person that says to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, be just. Tolerating all of that, you know, all, everything that comes with the package of doing community work. Okay? Because he saw it as a part of his ibadah. That's a part of the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is giving us balance in these ayat. And so those who, who in, you know, interact with people, in the capacity of serving the people, in the capacity of doing good, in the capacity of their day-to-day, in the capacity of their halal pursuits. And when they're approached by the ignorance, when uh, they find the foolish being fool, when they find the fools being foolish towards them, they simply say, Salam, uh, I'm not interested, I'm not going to engage in this. Um, when things start to get nasty, you know, they just disengage not from good work. They don't disengage from important community work. They disengage from, uh, from worthless uh, community ego and disputes. You know, I'm going to stick to what's being productive and I'm going to avoid this part. All right. I'm just going to try to do my best to be productive, to not contribute to fitna, to avoid fitna. If I'm in a place where I can stop fitna, then I'll do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage people in a healthy way, in a productive way. And I'm not going to shut off altogether. Now, sometimes that means that some community work is not for you. Some community work is not for you. Find other community work. But the point is, is stay engaged with the people for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, nas nas, that the best of people, uh, the best of people are those that are most beneficial to the people. So for the sake of getting that blessing, and being like that person that the Prophet the one who mixes with the people and tolerates the hardship that comes with mixing with the people is twice as good as the one who does not mix with the people nor tolerate the other, nor, nor tolerate the harm that comes with that. Now, how are you going to deal with all of that? How are you going to deal with all of that noise? How are you going to remain dignified? How are you going to be able to tolerate it? How are you going to be able to channel your frustration? Those are the people that withdraw to the corner of their homes at night. In a place of prostration and in a place of standing. Those are the people that build up their spiritual immunity to be able to deal with the hardship that comes with dealing with people at night. Okay, When they're alone with their Lord, and they remind themselves about what's important, and they, uh, they refresh, they re-energize, and then they come back the next day ready to give uh, a sadaqah, 
with their wealth, with themselves, and ready to engage society in a productive way. The Rinema also say that uh, what this speaks to is that these are people that don't spend their nights in, um, in gossip. They don't spend their nights doing wicked deeds. They don't spend their nights doing some of the actions of the sufaha of the foolish people that they are, you know, that they're ignoring and that they're dealing with in such a dignified fashion in the previous ayah. Meaning, you know, sometimes uh, we project false humility and that's dangerous. Okay, that's dangerous because it can be a form of riyah. It can be a form of showing off. So let me put it to you this way. When we talked about how um, those who walk lightly on the earth, that some people walk in a humble way out of riyah, out of showing off. The Qur'an, those that would recite Qur'an long into the night, making it known that they were up all night reciting the Qur'an because of some slowness in their walk. Um, you know, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah talks about to shorten the thobe, not out of honoring the sunnah, but to, uh, to actually boast and to show pride. Okay, so literally the opposite of what uh, the Prophet was talking about when he, uh, when he condemned those that would drag their garments out of arrogance and pride. Uh, so how does that happen when dealing with the sufaha? If you respond to someone who's foolish and who's arrogant and ignorant, in a way that humiliates that person in the sight of others. And that's your intention, to be able to come out of it and say, look at that person, I made him look like an idiot. Okay, I made him look like a fool. Look how I dealt with him. And everyone will say, mashallah, mashallah. And people will look at the other one and say, what a brain fool, you know, what, 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 a, what a fool this person is, what an ignorant person this is. That's also riyah, that's also showing off, okay? So you're, you're displaying humility has to be genuine. It has to be of you. And it has to be something that you're actually seeking, a manzil, a station with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're able to show him, that you're able to show forbearance, not just a means of humiliating someone and putting them down and making them look like the fool in the discussion. Okay, so, you know, this person is being loud and, and doesn't know how to control themselves. I, on the other hand, mashallah, I can control myself. I'm not going to respond. And people are going to say, mashallah, look at that person, mashallah. Never responds, always. No, it's got to be actually of you, okay? Otherwise, you'd be, as the, the Prophet said, the one who portrays something false of themselves for the sake of the sight of the people. Kalabisi thawbeizur is like one who wears two garments of falsehood. That's not someone that uh, is actually practicing a good quality to attain it, nor showing a good quality to seek the good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but someone who does it because it's, uh, it's a good opportunity for them in this dunya. So it defeats the purpose just like our ibadah does. So what does that mean? Work on your intention. Okay, work on your intention. So some of the scholars, they said the benefit of the transition to the next ayah is that these people don't go home now and engage in sinful behavior uh, and engage in some of those things that uh, that the fools are known for just because they're no longer seen by the people. So they get, you know, there, there's a testimony to khlas here, a testimony to sincerity here. And overcoming riyah, that the uh, the way that they keep themselves um, upheld and sustained is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether that's in dealing with other people or in dealing with themselves with spiritual refinement at night when no one is watching. So the true servants of Allah, Ibadur Rahman, they generate the, the strength and the energy and the sincerity to sustain themselves for all of those societal interactions. 
when they are uh, when they are at home at night when no one sees them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledges, look, it's not easy. It's not easy. They fight their beds. These people fight their, you know, their bodies are, are fighting with their beds. Uh, they're trying so hard to forsake their beds to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not, it's not easy. But the dignity that you show during the day or the acts of obedience that you do during the day will help you, assist you in waking up and praying at night. And that's why Imam Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, I believe it was Hassan al-Basri, it was one of the salaf, either Hassan or Sufyan, uh, who was asked, um, uh, why is it that we can't get up and pray at night? And he said, he said, don't disobey him during the day and he will wake you up at night. Qiyam is a gift. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it to people that are beloved to him, people that are aziz, people that are noble in his sight, people that he, that he seeks to honor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would give them that gift. So if you're acting foolish during the day, then qiyam is not something that's going to be gifted to you at night. Obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the day in your interactions at work, in your interactions with the people, and that will be a means of waking you up at night as well. Now, um, there is there, there are some, several other ayat um, about sujood in particular, and this is really what I want to focus on tonight. A new layer of sajda, a new layer of prostration, and the beauty of prostration here and the deep meanings that it has, particularly in these, the sequence of ayat that we find uh, at the end here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us just a few ayat before this. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when it's told to them, uh, to prostrate themselves to Ar-Rahman, to the most merciful. They say, you know, who is Ar-Rahman? Should we uh, prostrate to the one that you tell us to prostrate to? Uh, to? And all it does is it increases them in um, all it does is it increases them in disobedience and increases them in uh, in wickedness. So let's get back to us, Taala, because we seek to be from Ibad Ar-Rahman. Uh, before we get to Sajda, those who spend their time in their homes with their Lord. Now I know, you know, it's quarantine time and all we keep talking about is when is the lockdown going to end? Uh, But the believer enjoys seclusion. The believer enjoys seclusion. And so here, Uh, they take shelter in their homes with their Lord. They enjoy their moments with their Lord. It's a private, uh, it's an opportunity for private time between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the believer learns to turn isolation into seclusion. The believer learns to turn that which is uh, boring into that which is enriching. The believer learns to turn uh, that time away from the creation into time to build that relationship with the creator. And Allah is accessible to us when we are in our homes and Allah is accessible to us when we are in the masajid and Allah is accessible to us when we're at work. Allah is accessible to us when we're driving. Allah is accessible to us at all times. And so the believer, spending the night at home only between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first thing Allah says, sujjadam wa qiyamah. So there's an emphasis here on prostration. So let's talk about that, inshallah ta'ala. Some of the scholars, they said that the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off with sujjadam wa qiyamah, prostration and prayer in particular, is because these are verses that are extolling 
uh, this group of people. They are glorifying this person um, uh, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so as this person is being honored in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and as this person is experiencing being amongst those that are glorified in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is a person who gains that glory in the sight of Allah by lowering themselves in humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because the Prophet said, the one who lowers themselves to Allah, uh, Allah azawajal raises them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates them. The Prophet also said that uh, that the closest a person is in sujood to their Lord, the closest that a person is to their Lord is in sujood. Uh, Sheikh Suleiman was talking about this actually in Quran 30 for 30 tonight very beautifully um, before I came on with my Darth Vader voice uh, at the end. <laughs> so the closest a person is to their Lord is in sujood. You whisper into the earth and the Most High hears you and honors you and elevates you and you will not get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than those moments of sujood and those moments of prostration. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as he's talking about the difference between nations in Surah Maryam, Allah describes the people that if you recite upon them the verses of Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. So notice the connection, okay? Constantly between Rahman and this act of sajda. When you recite upon them the verses of Ar-Rahman, Kharru Sujjadan Wabukiya, they fall in prostration and in tears. And subhanAllah, you know, this is a this is a really powerful way that Allah describes this ummah. Why? Because sujood is khudur. It's the physical act of humbling yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khushur, humility, is the internal act of humbling yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the ulama here, they say that uh, khudur is the physical part. So that's the first part to gaining khushur, humility. And khushur is the tears and the refinement that you feel in your heart and on the inside. And that's when a person is really honored and gets so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next verse in Surah Maryam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, that Then came after them a, a people who lost the salah and who followed their desires. And so Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that they lost al-khudur and they lost al-khushur. They lost the physical humility of sujood because they started to delay their prayers. And instead of internally desiring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they were led by their internal, they were led by their, their lusts and their worldly desires. And so they lost their khushur as well. So the closest that a person is to Allah is in sujood. The closest that you will get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in your sujood. So that's the first thing. It's closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The greater meaning of that is that the more you lower your jasad, the more your ruh ascends. You are made of body and soul. The more you humble your body, the more your soul ascends. So the closest you get to the Lord of the heavens uh, is when you put yourself, your face to the earth. Also, one of the benefits of this, dear brothers and sisters, remember we said, those who walk on this earth and they realize they are made of this earth. And so your feet are inevitably clung to the earth. You are inevitably physically clung to the earth, but only a few people choose to put their foreheads and their faces on the earth in honoring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that's a gift that only some people are, uh, are brought to. 
Allah Azza also says, وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَسْجُدْ لَهُ وَسَبِّحْهُ لَيْلًا طَوِيلًا Allah says particularly that this is an act of the night. Prostration is an act of the night. Yes, we prostrate throughout the day. Sujood is part of our five salawat. Sujood is part of our sunnah. There is no prayer without the sajda. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ And in the depths of the night, فَسْجُدْ لَهُ وَسَبِّحُ لَيْلًا طَوِيلًا Prostrate yourself in the night and glorify him for a long time. So when you go into sajda in, your, in, in qiyam, by the way, and, and subhanAllah, a reminder to myself and you, as you're trying to finish a certain portion of the Qur'an uh, in these nights, don't forget to give yourself long periods of sajda where it's unscripted dua. You can pray, make dua in any language, in any way, in your sajda, in your qiyam al-layl. There are other elements and secrets of sajda, particularly as relate to the qualities of Ibad al-Rahman. And this is something, subhanAllah, to be honest with you, I'd never uh, properly reflected on uh, or connected it to this set of verses until uh, today, uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about sujood as having healing powers for the one that is bothered by people. Why? Allah azza wa says, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيقُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَكُنْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ SubhanAllah. Allah says to the Prophet Sallallahu you're human and we know that it hurts you what they say about you. You're bothered, Ya Rasulullah. You know, look, we should not pretend to be superhuman. When people insult us, when people aggravate us, when people say things about us, it bothers us because that's how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala engineered us. That's, that's how we are. And the Prophet Sallallahu had a big heart and he loved the people. So it hurt him to be uh, to be hurt and, and slandered and spoken ill about by the same people that he loved so much and that he wanted guidance for. So Allah said, we know that it causes you constriction in your heart, what they say. So how do you respond? Glorify the praises of your Lord. And be amongst those that prostrate. So sajda has healing powers. When when you think about those that are hurt or, or those that are hurting you and you think about the annoyances of dealing with the people, sajda has healing powers. To go into long periods of sajda has healing powers. The Prophet ﷺ also taught us to do sujood out of shukur, out of gratitude. So subhanAllah, sajda is the, is, is the act of prayer that we are driven to out of pain and we are driven to out of pleasure. That we are driven to in hardship and we are driven to in gratitude. It is it, it, when, uh, out of tawbah, out of repentance and out of uh, thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for unlocking our ibadah to us. Sajda is the culmination of all of that. And that's why Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, even in the prayer, uh, you know, it's called the masjid, it's called the place of sujood. It's like the entire salah is a preparation for the sajda. The entire rak'ah is building up to the sajda because the best of an action is the last of it. The best of the day is the last of it. The best of the prayer, the best of the rak'ah is the last of it. So you're building up to the sajda. And think about that next time when you're trying to maintain your khushur. It's not just keeping it up for a few ayats and then getting lost. No, you're building up to that beautiful moment where you fall into sujood with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is particularly, as we said, a means of healing uh, the pain that you feel because of what people are saying or because of uh, the hardships that come with dealing with the people. It's curing, subhanAllah, you know, to, to enjoy long periods of sujood uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet also mentioned uh, that uh, if, if you want to be closer to him, alayhi salatu wassalam, subhanAllah, if you want to be closer to him, 
alayhi salatu wasalam on the day of judgment. What did he say to Rabi'a ibn Ka'b al-Aslami? He said, support me in your case, in me making a case for you to be closest to me on the day of judgment with the kathra, with the abundance of your sajda, with the abundance of your prostration. You know, help me make a case for you, O Rabi'a, by doing plenty of sajda, by doing plenty of prostration. On the day of judgment, the greatest honor of the Prophet ﷺ is a shafa' al-udma, is the great intercession of the Messenger ﷺ when the Prophet ﷺ will make sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will inspire him والسلام, with kalam, with certain words that he does not, that he did not know before, uh, nor could he have known had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not given him those words. And that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him to raise his head and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him the great honor of intercession, alayhi salatu wasalam. And then it's the worst humiliation is yawma yukshafu ansaq wa yud'awna ila sujood thala yastatiyahum. May Allah protect us. Some people on the day of judgment, when, uh, when, when, they, when they experience the divine presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're called to make sujood, they won't be able to. Their backs will be firm because they used to. قَدْ كَانُوا يُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى السُّجُودِ وَهُمْ سَالِمُونَ They used to be called to prostration in this world. And nothing was wrong with them. Nothing was wrong with their bodies, but their backs become stern and they're unable uh, to make sujood. And finally, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, he said that the people of faith, Ahlul Iman on the Day of Judgment will be known by the marks of sujood on their head. Now, I know that some people, you know, try to dr- uh, drive their, their foreheads into the... Uh, <laughs> into the ground or, or maybe prostrate on really uncomfortable carpet. And subhanAllah, there are some people that, that do have marks on their foreheads because of the amount of sujood that they, that they do. So I'm not taking away from that. But that's not what this is talking about because there are some people that do plenty of sujood and they don't get those marks on their head, you know? But the marks that the Prophet is talking about are the marks that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the angels see, and those are the marks that will be prominent on the Day of Judgment. And the Prophet said, subhanAllah, even the people that, that, that go to the hellfire and they spend some time in the hellfire. Um, and this is, so just think about this. And may Allah allow us to enter Jannah without any form of punishment. But he said, sallallahu that people who made sajda and they go to the hellfire for some time, that the hellfire would not be able to consume the place of sujood on their heads. So even then, subhanAllah, the place of sujood is preserved if it's sincere. Uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want to end with a, uh, a story here. And I love the story uh, because it speaks to this. Ahnaf ibn Qais, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, he said, I entered into Masjid al-Aqsa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liberate Masjid al-Aqsa and allow us to pray uh, to Raqqa as in Masjid al-Aqsa. So he said, I entered into Masjid al-Aqsa. And as I entered into Masjid al-Aqsa, he said, I saw this man who just kept on staying in a place of sajda. Uh, he was praying all night and he just kept on prostrating and he'd go into his prostration for a very, very long time. So uh, I just watched him and I marveled at him. Masjid al-Aqsa, where the Anbiya have prayed, where the Prophets have prayed, where the Sahaba have prayed, where so many noble people have prayed. And, and, you know, Ahnaf ibn Qais says, I'm just looking at this man, and I'm saying, Allahu Akbar, who is this man spending this night in, in, in sujood, spending this night in prostration? So he said that I waited for a long time for him. And then I went up to him, and um, 
I said to him, um, you know, do, do you know how many rakahs you prayed? Because you've been praying all night. Like, did you keep count of how many sajdas, how many prostrations you made? And uh, the man responded to me and he said, in kuntu la adri, fallahu adri. But fallahu yadri. He said, if I don't know, then Allah knows. <laughs> so I don't know how many rakahs I prayed. Uh, he was beyond the eight verses 20. He was all night, you know, just praying and making sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, I, I asked him, you know, uh, why is it that you spend so much time in sajda and prostration? I saw you doing something that I had not seen from anyone before, and that is just increasing the sajda throughout the night. So he said, Haddathani hubbi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thumma baka. He said, my beloved one, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me, and then he, baka, he just broke down crying. So Ahnaf ibn Qais said, I waited for him and he collected himself and he said, Haddathani hubbi, my loved one said to me, and he started to cry again. Then he said a third time, Haddathani hubbi, my beloved one said to me, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innaka ma sajadta lillahi sajda, illa rafa'aka Allahu biha daraja, wa hatta anka biha khati'a. He said that the Prophet ﷺ said that you do not make a single sajda, a single prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except that Allah elevates you by a degree, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes one of your sins from you. Every single time you make sajda, every single time you prostrate, Allah elevates you. And Allah removes one of your sins, which is a hindrance to your elevation. So this person uh, continued to make sujood throughout the night. So Ahnaf ibn Qais, uh, he said to him, uh, you're a companion. Oh, you're a Sahabi. You, you knew the Prophet because you said, Hubbi Ahnaf is one of the great Tabi'in. He said, You knew the Prophet. He said, Yes. He said, Man ante, uh, who are you? Ya Shaykh. And he said to him, uh, I'm Abu Dhar al Ghifari, subhanAllah. So this man was Abu Dhar anhu, spending the night uh, in sujood in Mazar Aqsa. And we know that, by the way, Abu Dhar, one of the things is he was bothered by the materialism that he saw coming into the Ummah. And he and so he's spending his night in Mazal Al-Aqsa, making sujood, elevating himself in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا Those who spend their nights in prostration and in standing in prayer. Jibreel alayhi salam told the Prophet sallallahu The nobility of the believer is his standing up in prayer at night. The only way that you can manifest all of the qualities of Ibadul Rahman with the people is if you are in khalwa with Al Rahman and seclusion with Al Rahman at night. And Al Imam Hassan al Basri, rahimahullah, he, said, he was asked, and I'll end with this inshallah ta'ala, uh, why is it that the people of Qiyamul Layl are Ahsan al Wujuh? They're freshest. They don't, their faces are freshest. So they don't sleep at night. Yet somehow, they, they have fresh faces. Why is it that the people of Qiyamul Layl are so fresh in their faces? And his response, he says, He said, because they secluded themselves at night with a Rahman, with the most merciful, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dressed them with his light. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Uh, so glorify your Lord and be from Asajdeen, be from those who are uh, in prostration. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to spend long nights in, in, in qiyam and in sujood, long nights in prostration with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, long nights with Al-Rahman, and find that connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow that humility to him to, to raise our degree in honor in his sight and to allow us to only be concerned with his sight, whether others are around or not. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to generate in our hearts the sincerity that would power us through this life. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to leave this world in a place of sajda, in a place of prostration. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us death in sujood, give us death in prostration. Um, SubhanAllah, there are a, a very few, uh, there's a select group of people that Allah blesses with death and sujood, death and prostration. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst them. Ask Allah to make you amongst them. Uh, say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely when you find yourself in these nights with Allah ta'ala, in a close moment with your Lord, say, Oh Allah, let me die in this state. Let me die in a place of such thing. Uh, because you will be raised the way that, the way that you die. And the greatest honor on the day of judgment is when our beloved sallallahu alayhi wa is in a place of sajda. The greatest humiliation on the day of judgment are those who cannot make sajda. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, grant me death while I'm in a state of prostration to you. Let that be uh, my ending, ya Rabbil Alameen. And uh, subhanAllah, I mean, I, I just came to my mind, uh, a brother in, in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, several years ago named Brother Shaqib, rahimahullah ta'ala, who passed away in his sujood. Uh, at night and, and you know there are people that Allah has blessed with death in their sajda uh, the great scholar Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishkohimullah Ta'ala sajda on the day of Jummah sajda on Friday subhanAllah um, so ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you that uh, make time for your sajda tonight inshallah ta'ala and all of these last 10 nights um, that takes priority over all of the other ibadat is to spend some time in sajda spend some time in prostration cry your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about how annoying the world is. Uh, complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about how tired you are. But the complaint, the shakwa to Allah is not complaining to him about him. It is complaining to him seeking his comfort and his consolation. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be amongst those that catch Laylatul Qadr. And that catch Laylatul Qadr with many uh, sajdas, with many uh, prostrations and prayers. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make sujood our great escape from this world, to make it our greatest comfort, to allow it to be our greatest honor. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow what is generated in the sajda to carry us through the times that we are not in sajda in this world. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to raise us like Rabi'a ibn Ka'b al-Aslami, to be from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khayran once again, inshallah ta'ala. I will see you all tomorrow night. And please keep us in your du'as tonight, inshallah ta'ala. Um, myself and my family and the entire team at Yaqeen Institute, please keep us all in your du'as, inshallah ta'ala. And I pray that Allah Azza wa Jalla will accept from all of you uh, your qiyam as well. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.